Welcome to another session with the Market Dominance Guys, a program exploring all the high-stakes, speed bumps, and off-ramps of driving to the top of your market. It all starts right now. Connect and Sell. Connect and Sell allows your sales reps to talk to more decision makers in 90 minutes than they would in a week or more of conventional dialing. Your reps can finally be 100% focused on selling since all of their CRM data entry and follow-up scheduling is fully automated within Connect and Sell's powerful platform. Your team's effectiveness will skyrocket by using Connect and Sell's teleprompter capability as they'll know exactly what to say during critical conversations. So come on, visit connectandsell.com. You're listening to the Market Dominance Guys with your host, Corey Frank of UncommonPro.com and Chris Beal of Connect and Sell. There's a universal product that every company has that it needs to better understand and sell more effectively and correctly. And it's a product that can be crafted and messaged just like any other product your team sells. And because it's a real product, it requires belief in its potential value and worth for the folks that actually sell it. It's a product that shouldn't be shortcutted or mismessaged, or even try to do too much. It needs to be measured for effectiveness. And the ability to get this product in front of your list is also one of the keys to true market dominance. That product is the discovery meeting or the discovery call. And in this episode, I asked Chris to separate fact from fiction and put some sound data and reasoning behind this misunderstood and much maligned sales tool. This is the right tool for the right job, or as I also like to call it, don't make the spiders angry. It's it's subtle as can be, and when people want to change it, it's really fun to listen to them because they want to change it to eliminate the taboos. They want to run from the taboos into the conventional where they can ask some sort of normal question. Did I catch you at a bad time? All those kinds of questions feel. Why is that, Chris? Is, is, is they, they don't want to express vulnerability. They have, they have an inner governor that says, I don't feel confident enough, vulnerable enough to go there. Uh, and so it's really on them, not necessarily, I mean, they, they just, they're not ready emotionally to commit themselves to that level of vulnerability in our profession. Yes. To, yeah. You know. and, and Jeb Blunt puts it perfectly, which is every objection they ever heard was felt as a rejection and went into the banks, the memory banks of, oh my God, I'm going to be rejected again. So I'm going to take actions to avoid rejection. And the objection would be, no, I don't have time. To hear that in somebody's voice is actually not to hear, I don't have time, but I don't like you. I won't even give you 27 seconds. And that'll happen. There are people who just say no. There are people who will slam the phone down. There's people who will bark at you. All these things will happen and they accumulate. So the the emotional courage that it takes to be a cold caller is substantial, even with only two sentences. Even two sentences you can learn, and if you get the emotions right in your voice, you're good. Now, the, the cure for it actually is not to go get courage. The, the, the cure is to have a belief. And the belief is in 
the potential goodness of what you have on offer for the other person, which is never your product. So this is the other huge problem with this approach is there's a desire to skip the step of selling the meeting, which as an, as an object of independent value for this individual, regardless of what is ever going to happen and to jump to selling the product to the company. Yes. And, and that error is the standard error. Once you get past the courage question, then the question is, what do you really sound like? Are you sincere or are you not sincere? So you need to sincerely believe something to make all of this even, even. So a one call close, if it, even if it can be done, shouldn't be done because you rob the prospect of, of, of an opportunity to have this trust journey with you. Um, you you're, you're really manipulating at that point. So even as a fuller brush salesperson, even though they probably hit you over the head, this should be a one call, one door close. You would set the meeting um, in that aspect of the meeting. The meeting is the prize for that uh, instance. That is the objective that should be the only objective on a cold call at this point. Yes. And therefore you must believe in your product. Your product is the meeting. So you must know what they're likely to get from the meeting independent of ever moving forward to business. So the core belief for successful cold calling is to believe in the potential value of the meeting for the human being that you're talking with in the downside case where there's never going to be any business done between your company and theirs. Hmm. It's precisely that formulation. That's what you must believe in. And you must rationally believe in it. That is, you must be able to internally defend that belief to yourself. You must know what they're going to get. And the only thing you could get from a meeting, and people have often said to me, oh, well, does that mean you should give them a prize? Like, you know, they get a $5 gift card? No. You must know what they're likely to learn that will make a difference in their life no matter what. They're not sure to learn it because learning is always an iffy proposition. But there's a likelihood, a probability, that they're going to walk away from that meeting knowing something they didn't know before that's of value to them, not to their company. It may be of value to their company, but that's irrelevant. It's value to, it's a value to that human being. So I'll repeat the formulation. This is the key to the whole thing. If you can accomplish this, the techniques mean almost nothing but this is hard to accomplish. If you flip it around and you get good at the techniques, you'll get some success, but your success will be limited by the fact that you don't have the correct belief because people are geniuses at listening to voices and they'll hear the lack of sincerity in your voice. So what can you be sincere about? You can be sincere about this one thing and then it's so important to get there. If there were one thing I would change about every sales organization in the world, it would be this, that everybody who has first conversations believes in the potential value of the meeting that they have on offer for the human being that they're talking with in the case where there's never going to be business done between the two companies. And those are all important. The word never is important there. So belief. Belief in this very specific thing. It's not belief in, in your product gets in the way of belief in the potential value of the meeting. Mm-hmm. If you try to combine the two beliefs, yes, yourself. but that is the fundamental discipline. They're one and the same, and they are two distinct destinations uh, from, in your perspective. 
Yes. If all you learn from me as a fuller brush man is that there's such a thing as a spider spray that kills black widow spiders and you don't buy any from me, you know something new, which is when you're looking for something to kill spiders with, don't use raid. It just makes them angry. That's a value. <laughs> That's awesome. It just makes them angry. Uh, you're already preempting my objection um, <laughs> with, uh, with that benefit there. I like, love that. Great. But that, that's, that's the key. And what's so interesting is we've done the experiment. So for one of our customers who will remain unnamed here, we took on the project of doing a massive amount of calling for them using our outbound on demand service. And we got the script right. We got the messaging right. We knew that, that this stuff should work. And it only worked at about a 4% conversation to meeting conversion rate. And after three days, I just said, no, no, no. You know, because one of the beauties of connected cell is in three days, you're done. Yeah. In fact, in one day, you're done. You're always done in one day. Your, your signal has come back. If it's working, it's working. If it's not working, you should stop and fix something. Mm -hmm. right? That's the whole idea. So in three days, because I was paying attention to other things, I'm looking at the numbers and I go, this is insane. We can't do what we said we would do with these conversion rates. We're below threshold and we're not moving. And oh, don't worry, they'll learn to do it better. That's never the case. They don't learn to do it better. You teach them to do it and they do it and that's it. So I listened to a bunch of recordings and I thought, what is missing here? What is missing in this paint by numbers thing that I'm hearing? And what was missing was the sincerity and the tone of voice. And by the way, these callers were selected specifically for their sincerity, they're graduates of some of the finest religious colleges in the world. They're pre-filtered for sincerity. This is like packaged sincerity on steroids, and yet they were failing. And so the question is, well, what's missing? And I, I thought, oh, well, what's missing is they don't believe in what they're selling. And in fact, their sincerity about their religious calling is that's real. Their sincerity about this product is zero. So what could they be sincere about? Well, they think they're selling the product. They're selling the meeting. So we got a customer to actually just tell them in a video testimonial what the meeting did for them, not what the product did for them, and then what the product did for them. And what they learned in the meeting was that by changing how they dealt with this particular problem in their organization, which happens to be expense management, they would free up time to pursue their own strategic objectives, which is the reason they joined their company in the first place. So it was free. They learned about the opportunity to be free to do their job well. Like learning that RAID makes black widow spiders angry and that there's a spider spray that kills them and then frees you up from having to worry about angry black widow spiders in your garage. They learned that there was a path to freedom in which if they were to go down that path, they would find themselves with the time, with the energy, with the bandwidth to do the job as they really wanted to do it, instead of being consumed with this meaningless to them sort of ticky-tack paperwork, you know, back and forth rework job that they were doing. Sure. So, but isn't that the different evolutions of sales professionals? Like I remember a, an article, I think it was about 20, 25 years ago when I first got into sales by the Beverage Institute that talked about the four evolutions of sales professionals and evolution number one, well, what was called the commercial visitor. And the commercial visitor 
was someone who had a certain level of criteria that classified themselves as such. Number one was they fell into sales by accident. Number two, Mm. they felt that sales as a profession is living on the fringe of society. This was well even before Sandler's um, kind of role versus identity or, or supplication. They had really, in essence, a high need for approval. And they felt that anytime I have to ask for something, I'm taking something from someone. And I couldn't square that circle. And so, and so what you're talking about, these folks who had a tough time believing in the product, they had to see, and is that a fundamental mistake for a lot of sales leaders or a lot of visionary CEOs, is not necessarily talking about the personal benefits of the product or the learnings that their product has, even if someone never buys, as you had said, and that instead they're dwelling on the better, faster, cheaper, rainbows, unicorns world after the, the prospect has purchased the product and is paying you their monthly SaaS business. And it seems like there's a disconnect, an identity perspective, or from a messaging perspective of training these new salespeople. There is. And my claim is this, there is a universal product that every company has that it needs to understand and sell correctly. And that product is the discovery meeting. And it's a product that can be crafted. It can be understood like any other product. It can be described sincerely. It has to be delivered correctly. It's a real product. So it has delivery and its purpose is to help somebody understand something of value to them or potential value to them that they didn't understand before. Because the asymmetry in business is this. If I'm the purveyor, if I'm the vendor, I know, I always know more than the person I'm selling to. So the first product I can put on the shelf is the product where I share that knowledge in a way that is useful for this person, even if they don't ever buy it. Mm-hmm. That's the universal product. And once you understand that that's the universal product, then you can manufacture and sell discovery meetings in a completely reliable way. And we know from the math of business that the flow rate of discovery meetings constrains the growth of the business. It's as simple as that, actually. This entire thesis is around one thing. Mathematically, and we were dealing with the human side, like how do you get there, right? Just the manufacturing process for these discovery meetings. But the discovery meeting itself is the product. And this is the hardest thing for sales leaders and marketing leaders together. And this is where the sales and marketing alignment question, which we can explore in depth in in another one of these discussions. Mm -hmm. Sales and marketing alignment happens when sales and marketing agree as to what the discovery meeting itself is as a product. As soon as that happens, the entire sales and marketing misalignment problem goes away. Failing to do that, you're left with this evil Knievel approach where I'm going to leap across this huge trust barrier and land on the buy something from me side of the Snake River Canyon. (laughs) And I end up down at the bottom of the canyon almost every single time, which is this whole quota attainment problem and all that kind of stuff. And it's the business failure rate problem. Businesses fail primarily because they don't establish product market fit between the product that they need to sell first and the market. And the product they need to sell first is not the product they set out to build, but it's the discovery meeting. And a discovery meeting, if you had to, um, is it's an educational journey 
that that establishes value if the person never moved forward with the product itself. Yeah, that's the absolute. Everything you offer along the journey to possible sale has to have independent value. That is value independent of the sale itself. That's right. And by applying that simple construct, you can generate a strategy, a series of steps that you can consistently execute between the starting point, which is being the scary invisible stranger who is also inconvenient, and a possible ending point that is not predetermined, which is somebody deciding that they want to enter into partnership with you and take advantage of your knowledge and of what you have to offer as a product. Yes. And the yes. steps in between are steps of increasing trust and knowledge moving together. And so what you have to share is knowledge. So your product is knowledge and knowledge is shared in a discovery meeting. And the opportunity for the person to confess, which is the breaking up of taboo, to go back to the original topic, to confess their problem to you, their pain, their, their situation, that opportunity is actually what's on offer in the discovery meeting. The opportunity for them to confess their problem to somebody that they trust. That's actually what the product is. I love it. Today's show is also brought to you by UncommonPro.com. Selling a big idea to a skeptical customer or investor is one of the hardest jobs in business. So when it's really time to go big, you need an uncommon methodology to convince others that your ideas will truly change their world. Through a modern and innovative sales and scripting tool set, we offer a guiding hand to ambitious leaders in their quest to reach market dominance. It's time to get uncommon with UncommonPro.com. Never miss an episode. Go to any of your favorite podcast venues and search for Market Dominance Guys or go to marketdominanceguys.com and subscribe. You've been listening to Market Dominance Guys sponsored by Connect and Sell right here in the Funnel Radio Channel for at-work listeners like you.